Welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. If something such as population or oil demand or money supply or anything else steadily increases in some proportion to its current size, and you begin to graph it over time, the graph will look like a hockey stick. Said more simply, if something is increasing over time on a percentage basis, it is growing exponentially. Now, with exponential functions, the action only heats up in the last few moments. There is simply not a lot of maneuvering room once you hop on the vertical portion of that compound graph. So here's a riddle I have for you. I'm offering you a job. It's a nasty job, like mucking out chicken coops, right? Big, big chicken coops, hundreds of chickens. And mucking out means you're shoveling out that ammonia-smelling chicken coops. 12 hours a day, 30 days, no lunch breaks. At the end of the first day, I'll pay you one cent. One cent. At the end of the second, I'll double that and give you two cents, and so on for 30 days. Think that through. For example, on the seventh day, I will have paid you 64 cents, and you will have done an 84 total hours of wretched labor for a grand total of $1.27. Congratulations. You made a great decision. Are you ready to quit? Well, skip ahead to day 14. At the end of the day, I will pay you $81.92. That begins to sound a little bit more like it, and your cumulative total up to now is $163.83. That's better. And remember, tomorrow your wage will double and so you'll get $163.84 for one day's work. Would you take the job? So in the table are the daily payments and cumulative earnings for the last 10 days of your employment in the chicken coops. On that last day, I'll have to pay you over $5 million. All told, you would earn more than $10.7 million. Are you taking the job? Well, here's another example drawn from a magnificent paper by Dr. Albert Bartlett. Let me illustrate the power of compounding for you. Suppose I had a magic eyedropper, and I placed a single drop of water in the middle of your left hand. Now, the magic part is that this drop of water is going to double in size every minute. So at first, nothing seems to be happening, but by the end of a minute, that tiny drop is now the size of two tiny drops. Another minute, and you have now a little pool of water that is slightly smaller in diameter than a dime, and it's sitting there in your hand. After six minutes, you have a blob of water that would fill a thimble. 
Now, suppose we were to take that same magic eyedropper to Fenway Park. And right at 12 noon, we place a magic drop down there on the pitcher's mound. Now, to make this interesting, suppose Fenway Park is watertight and that you are handcuffed to the very highest of the bleacher seats. Here's my question to you. How long do you have to escape from the handcuffs? At what point will Fenway Park be completely filled? How long will it take? Days? Weeks? Months? Years? How long would it take? Well, the answer is, you have until 1249 on that same day to figure out how you're going to get out of those handcuffs. In less than 50 minutes, our modest little drop of water has managed to completely fill Fenway Park. But let me ask you this. At what time of the day would Fenway Park still be 93% empty? Right? How many of you would realize the severity of your predicament? Any guesses? The answer is at 1245. If you are squirming in your bleacher seat waiting for help to arrive, by the time the field is covered with less than five feet of water, you would now have less than four minutes to get free. That's right there. That illustrates one of the key features of compound growth. So the one thing I want you to take away from this with exponential functions, the action really heats up in the very last moments. You sit in your seats for 45 minutes and nothing seems to be happening. Then in four minutes, bang, the whole place is full. Like I said, that example was loosely based on a wonderful paper by Dr. Albert Bartlett that clearly and cleanly describes this process of compounding. Dr. Bartlett said that the greatest shortcoming of the human race is the inability to understand the exponential function. Now, I'm not sure it's the greatest shortcoming, but I get the point he's trying to make. With this understanding in mind, I think you begin to understand the urgency I feel. There's simply not a lot of maneuvering room once you hop on that vertical portion of that compound graph, right? when things start to really move, time is short. Let me share with you two important verses. The first one is found in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24, verse 14. This gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the world as a testimony to all the nations, then the end will come. Revelation 14, verse 6. Here's what it says. Then I saw another angel flying overhead with eternal good news to proclaim to those who live on the earth and to every nation, tribe, language, and people. The Bible says Jesus will not, Jesus cannot return until everyone has had the opportunity to accept or reject the gospel call. This gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the world as a testimony 
to all the nations, then the end will come. Now, there is probably very little I could share with you about the soon coming of our Lord that you would not already know in terms of the reason for His coming, the signs of His coming, how He's going to come, what He will do when He comes. But I do, however, want to share with you something that maybe many of us have not considered, but I think needs to be underscored on this program. And that is this. Within the teachings of Jesus regarding His personal return, as you find it there in that chapter we love so much, Matthew chapter 24, there is a continual insistence in this chapter regarding the element of surprise, that the coming of the Lord will be an overwhelming surprise. There are 51 verses in Matthew 24, and according to my calculations, about 30% of all of the verses in this chapter are dedicated to holding forth this one principle. So I'd like to take us into a quick study of these verses. Let's go down to Matthew chapter 24. Let's begin down at verse 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. You see, that is the first time he tells us that we do not know when he is coming. He continues. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. Whereas in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. So this is the second time he says, you don't know when I'm coming. You don't know when the Son of Man shall be here. Continues. Then there will be two men in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, one will be left. Therefore, be on alert, for you do not know which day your Lord is coming. This is the third time he states this truth. Verse 43. But be sure of this, that if the head of the household had known, so the implication here is that he did not know, that's four times, at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have been on alert and would not have allowed his house to be broken into. For this reason, you must also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not think he will. That's five times. Who then is the faithful and sensible slave whom his master put in charge of his household to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that slave whom his master finds so doing when he comes. Now, just as an aside, I believe that this food at the proper time is appropriated to the servants of God that we are to give people food at the proper time. What is this food at the proper time? I believe it is to underscore the unknown nature of the coming of our Lord, that we are to let people know that our Lord's coming is near, even though we do not know for sure the hour of His coming. Continues, Truly I say to you, 
that he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that evil slave says in his heart, my master is not coming for a long time, and begins to beat his fellow slaves and eat and drink with drunkards, the master of that slave will come on a day when he does not expect him. That is at least six times. And an hour which he does not know, that's seven times, and will cut him in pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So what is a hypocrite? Comes from the Greek word meaning actor. If we go through the outward motions or believing, or we give the impression externally that we believe that Jesus is coming again, but while we give that external impression, right, of what we believe, but we are like an actor mumbling the words that belongs to someone else, but in their heart they're not really that person at all, that weeping and gnashing of teeth, I believe, is not on the part of the people of the world, it's on the part of the people who are professing something externally, which internally they are not. So let me ask you a question. Are you an Adventist? Well, what is an Adventist? Well, according to the online dictionary, an Adventist is a member of any of several Christian denominations that believe Jesus' second coming and then the end of the world are near, or a member of any of the Christian groups such as Seventh-day Adventists that hold that the second coming of Christ is imminent. So we say, yes, we believe we are Adventists. We believe Jesus is coming soon. We hear the words, but what about internally? So let me put all of us on the spot for just a moment. Answer this question in your heart. What have you done since the last time you were in your church to let someone know that Jesus is coming? What have we done? You know, with our words, we say we believe Jesus is coming, but what about internally? Are we living in a way that we believe Jesus is coming? Are we spending our money and our time? You know, many people say that the most effective way of evaluating someone's life is by looking at how they spend their money and how they spend their time. And I believe that reveals a great deal of what we are inside after the words are spoken. A hypocrite is a person who says words, but internally they are not that character at all. So within the scope of these verses, almost one-third of the great signs chapter is used by our Lord to underscore the single point that his coming will have within it the element of surprise. Now, I don't think the Lord repeated this simply because he did not have anything else to say. You know, sometimes people repeat themselves because they don't have anything to say. And that's all they know. But I believe that's not what the Lord is doing here. The Lord here is insisting that his coming will be as a surprise. You see, I believe we are on the edges of things that are to come. The things that we have been looking for, 
and we know will come, I think they're coming. I don't think we have a lot of time. But I want to share this with you. Before that, there is something here that is interesting and exciting, at least to me. We go back to Matthew 24, verse 44. Look at what it says. For this reason, you must also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not think he will. So I'm going to ask you to put that verse in your minds. But I want to put another verse there with that one, and that is Matthew 24, verse 14. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. Now follow me here as we do the math. The Bible says the Lord is not coming until the gospel is preached to the whole world. And we believe that, don't we? But at the same time that he is not coming until the gospel is preached to the entire world, at the same time, he says that his coming will be an overwhelming surprise. So when we put these two verses together, you come to the conclusion that the work of the Lord in the world is finished as an overwhelming surprise. The work of preaching the gospel is, is unexpectedly finished if the Lord is going to unexpectedly return. Now, why is that important? Well, because it is spoken within this chapter of the servant who said, my master is not coming for a long time. He's not coming now. You know, such and such still has to happen. He cannot come now. We have so much still to do. So much work to do still. You know, Christian author Ellen White wrote in 1910, she said, I appeal to those who for many years have known the truth. It's time to wake up the watchman. The work in the cities is the essential work for this time and now to be taken hold of in faith. When the cities are worked as God would have them, the result will be the setting and operation of a mighty movement such as we have not yet witnessed. May the Lord give wisdom to our brethren that they may know how to carry forth the work in harmony with his will. With mighty power, the cry is to be sounded in our large centers of population. Behold, the bridegroom comes. Go out to meet him. The work of God in the world is going to be unexpectedly finished. The work of the Holy Spirit is an unseen work. You cannot tell by looking at a person, by looking at the look on their face or the size of their bodies or their complexion, if the Holy Spirit is working with them, it's an unseen work. Therefore, the work of God is going on in the world. It is not something that is seen by the natural eye, but rather something that happens inside of people. You know, during the 1960 presidential campaign, John F. Kennedy often closed his speeches with the story of Colonel Davenport, the Speaker of the Connecticut House of Representatives. One day in 1789, the sky of Hartford darkened ominously. And some of the representatives glancing out the windows feared that the end was at hand. Quelling a clamor for immediate adjournment, Davenport rose and said, 
The day of judgment is either approaching or it is not. If it is not, there is no cause for adjournment. And if it is, I choose to be found doing my duty. I pray that you will also get involved in the work of winning souls for the kingdom. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your love and kindness. Thank you for the promise of the soon coming of Jesus. Father, we know time is running out. There is so much work yet to be done. And I pray that those that have joined us on this broadcast today will right now commit themselves to the work of winning souls for the kingdom, that we may see Jesus come very soon and bring an end to all of the suffering and despair and death. Bless each and every one of our viewers, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We've come to that time in our program where we have a special offer. On every program, we like to make a resource available to you, our viewer, to help you better understand the topic that we've been presenting. Like I've said before, we don't have always enough time to fully explain the program as in-depth as we would have liked. And so we make these resources available to help you. Today is no exception. We've talked about the surprise nature of the second coming of Jesus and how Jesus will come. And some have interpreted that surprise and developed a theology of a rapture. Is that what the Bible teaches? Well, we've prepared a resource here for you that is a Signs of the Times magazine. And it's entitled, The Surprising Truth About the Rapture what the Bible says about the rapture. We'd love to send you this, and we would encourage you to read it, pull out your Bible, and just better understand this, this foundational teaching of Christianity, which is the soon coming of Jesus. It is the belief in the soon coming of Jesus that has sustained Christians throughout the centuries. And that's what sustains us today as we look forward and recognize that very soon Jesus will return. So I'd love for you to have this resource. I'd be very much interested in your feedback on it. And uh, so we're making it available to you. No cost, it's a gift. You're never gonna receive an invoice. No obligation whatsoever on your part. If you're interested in receiving it, then uh, pay close attention to the information we're about to give you. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living Television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you can order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Let me thank you so much for joining us and 
let me encourage you to share our program with your friends and family so that they can join us next time also. Just a couple of things before we go. One of them is, you know, if you're calling in for the offer and you're getting the answering service, do us a favor and leave your name and your mailing address with your postal code. That makes things so much quicker for us because then we pick up that message and your name is there and your address and we can begin the process of getting that offer out to you. Many times folks will call and say, here's my name, here's my phone number, call me back. And we, not, we may not be able to get back to you for several hours because our program airs in different time zones across the country. And so it makes life so much easier for us if when you're leaving the voicemail, you leave us your name, your address, enunciate well, and your postal code makes things way quicker to get that offer out to you. So we ask that you cooperate with us on that. Let me draw your attention to our website, l4ltv.com. All of the previous programs are available on the website, previous programs tab, archived sermons, different presentations where we address different questions. Why do bad things happen to good people? What happens to us when we die? Who or what is 666? There's a video presentation together with a PDF file that you can download. It's a study guide that can help you. And so you can search the Bible. It's got the text there. You do the research, you look it up, and you make the notes and just ground yourself in God's Word. And we would hope that that resource would encourage you and help you in doing that. There's also a Donate Today tab. On the Donate Today, it's pretty straightforward. You can make a donation. You can do that by credit card or by Interact Debit. Every dollar that is invested and donated goes right back into the ministry, purchasing the airtime, the gifts, the studio time here as we're taping the programs. And so not any of that money doesn't, none of that money comes to myself or my family. It all gets reinvested back and we are a charitable organization. So you will get a receipt for income tax purposes for that donation. So I ask that you pray about that. And if you feel so impressed to send your donation, we, strong, we greatly appreciate uh, that donation. A couple other things, Instagram, Santos underscore Bill. Every morning, 6.30 a.m., I put out a one minute devotional video great way to start your day. Our YouTube channel, all of the programs are on our YouTube channel. You can subscribe to the channel. This way you're notified when any new programs come along. You can like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash L4L television. This program will be on the Facebook page, probably on there right now as you're watching. It's probably on the Facebook page already. And so you can check that out. Follow me on Twitter, Santos underscore Bill. SoundCloud, we have an audio version of the program that you can download and carry with you. It's a great way of sharing the program with friends and family also. Very quickly in the moments we have remaining, we have another aspect of our ministry that is the overseas humanitarian work. And we have, we have a website, uh, which is missionnowcanada.com. And I would encourage you to check that out. We have some new projects coming up that we're really excited about. Uh, in Central America, South America, and in Asia. And so if uh, you're interested in joining us in any of those projects, donating to those projects, learning more about what it is we do at Mission Now Canada, the website missionnowcanada.com is a great place to get that information. So I would encourage you to check that out. We're all out of time. They're giving me a signal that I'm not sure if it's 30 seconds or 15, but regardless, we're going to end within the next couple of seconds. But we can't do that without thanking you again for joining us, asking you again to share our program with friends and family. And why not make uh, 
a commitment to be back again next time where we will open God's Word and learn more about what God wants for you and I, that we can get the most out of this life. We hope you'll be here. God bless you. We'll see you then. Take care.